Welcome back to the Get and Grit Podcast. I am Brad Pohl, your host, and this is where we tell the stories of sinners and saints. Arete is a Greek word that means four things. Virtuous, excellence, wonderful deeds, like those of Christ in the Gospels. And number four, moral virtue. The word is used only four times in the Bible, in the books of Wisdom, Philippians, and in First and Second Peter. Each time we come across its use, we are reminded that our attention is being called out. As in the phrase my mother used to speak, sit up straight and pay attention. I need your focus right here, right now. In the book of Wisdom 8-7, we read, If anyone loves righteousness, and here we find that word, arete, her labors are virtuous, for she teaches temperance, prudence, justice, and courage. Nothing in life is more profitable for men. But we are men, and so we are prone to wander. In the 14th century, Christendom witnessed a titanic struggle of egos between King Philip IV of France and Pope Boniface VIII in Rome. Philip and Boniface clashed over the authority of the Pope in France. King Philip had used money raised by the church in France to finance his personal wars, and Pope Boniface threatened the king with excommunication. Eventually, the king was presented with a plan to kidnap the Pope and install a new Pope who would be more favorable to the king. But the common people rose up and came to the Pope's rescue and freed him. But the rough treatment took a toll on the pontiff, who died a month later. The death of Pope Boniface VIII provided the king with the opportunity to influence the next papal election and produce a pontiff who could be easily manipulated. Archbishop Bertrand de Gaulle of Bordeaux, who took the name Clement V, was elected. Philip presented the new pope with a list of demands that were outrageous, clear to the bazaar. Clement V also agreed to leave Rome and move to France, which he did in 1309, establishing the papal residence in the town of Avignon, France. We read in Philippians 4.8, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, and here is that word, arete, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. There was a young mystic. Her name was Catherine. She was born in 1347 to a humble family in Siena, Italy. She became a Dominican tertiary at the age of 19 and embarked on a life of intense spiritual practices. Her reputation for great holiness spread quickly, and she found herself answering letters from some of Europe's most powerful people, seeking her advice in spiritual as well as political and military matters. The popes had lived in Avignon now for almost 70 years. And over that time, they had come to be seen as nothing more than puppets of a French king. Respect for the papacy waned throughout the church and reached a critical low by the time Catherine entered the picture. The church in heaven, you know, is called the church triumphant. But here on earth, we are called the church militant. In 1 Peter 2.9, we read, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, that you may declare... And here's that word, arete, the wonderful deeds of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So Catherine of Siena decided to visit the current Pope, Gregory XI, in the summer of 1376. Catherine spent three months in Avignon, tirelessly working to realize her dream of the Pope returning to Rome. 
Gregory resisted, but she persisted, and even startled him by telling him that she knew about the private vow Gregory had made before God, that if he elected Pope, he would return the papal residence to Rome. Finally, the humble yet firm saint from Siena convinced him to fulfill his vow, and Gregory made his plans to travel back to Rome. Successful in her mission, Catherine left Avignon. Later that fall, she received reports, though, that Gregory, influenced by the French cardinals, was having second thoughts. Yes, men are prone to wander. Catherine, who, though a doctor of the church, was illiterate, dictated letters urging the Pope to fulfill his promise and make the hard decision, writing to him, I beg of you on behalf of Christ crucified that you not be a timorous child, but manly. Open your mouth and swallow down the bitter for the sweet. I have prayed and shall pray, sweet and good Jesus, that he free you from all servile fear, and that holy fear alone remain in you. May ardor of charity be in you, in such wisdom as shall prevent you from hearing the voice of incarnate demons and heeding the counsel of perverse counselors settled in self-love, who, as I understand, want to alarm you and so to prevent your return to Rome, saying, You will die. Rise up, Father, be a man, for I tell you that you have no need to fear. How is it? that when there are things of great importance, things which seem immovable in our estimation, that God will use the smallest, maybe the weakest, if not the shortest of lives, to make all the difference for the world. Gregory XI listened to return the papacy to Rome in January of 1377. The scandal and the shame of the Avignon papacy had come to an end. We read in 2 Peter 1.3, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory. And here is that word, arete again, and moral virtue. The humble yet powerful mystic Catherine of Siena died three years later at the age of 33. You see, at some point in life, it will come down to making the hard decision. Life just has a way of always coming up with that grand new dilemma that in our wildest dreams we do not think of. Politicians say there never is a good time for making a hard decision because there will always be an election. Other leaders say those who make the hard decisions in the most crucial situations prove the greatest leaders. And of course the Irish, they like to say, an empty sack does not stand. You see, honesty and authenticity are the hallmarks of a person's integrity. The Greeks said, Arete, and St. Catherine of Siena reminded us, we must swallow down the bitter with the sweet. But it was Paul who said it most clearly regarding making the hard decisions. The power of the cross has granted to us all things that pertain to life. Ain't it so? This is Gettin' Grit signing off. Blessings to you all. Dominus Vobiscum. <laughs>